1: Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Monday the 27th of March. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. We have something really, really special for you today. It's an interview with Pam Melroy, who is the Deputy Administrator of NASA. Pretty cool position. Pam was just the second woman to command a space shuttle
2: mission and has logged more than 38 days in space. It's a little bit like waking up and finding yourself magic <laughs> you can fly <laughs> yeah. uh, you can lift huge objects with just a finger it is almost like being in a new magic country pam's
1: been in australia visiting the australian space agency as well as parliament house where she caught up with tda journalist tom crowley we're going to bring you that chat in the deep dive but first sam it was a massive weekend for our home state of new south wales
3: That's right, Sarah. we have a new government here in New South Wales with the Labour Party winning the election on Saturday night. The coalition lost at least nine seats to the new government. Chris Minns is the new Premier of the state and he will lead a majority Labour government with at least 14 seats in the state too close to call. Meanwhile, former Premier Dominic Perrottet has stood down as leader of the New South Wales Liberal Party with frontrunner Matt Keane ruling himself out of the position. (laughs)
1: New South Wales and Victorian police have arrested 27 people following an operation that was targeting outlaw bikey gangs and organised crime. Police seized multiple firearms during last week's operation which sought to gather intelligence and disrupt bikey gangs in the Riverina and aubrey wodonga regions. <music>
3: South Australia has become the first Australian state or territory to enshrine an Indigenous voice to Parliament in their legislation. Thousands gathered in central Adelaide to watch Premier Peter Malinowskis sign the bill, which will appoint a voice body consisting of 46 elected members across the state representing six regions.
1: And the good news. Two women who saved two young girls from a rip at an Australian beach have been awarded the Governor-General's Bravery Medal for their acts. Balana Broadley and Elise Partridge used an esky lid to help the two girls float before taking them back to shore. They sprang into action after hearing a woman screaming out to the girls with emergency services taking control shortly after they were brought back to the beach.
0: Pam Melroy, thank you very much for speaking to The Daily Oz.
2: Thank you, Tom. I'm very excited to be back in Australia. It's
0: great to have you here. Now, NASA and others often talk about that we might be entering a a golden era of space exploration. Now, we landed on the moon decades ago. What makes now potentially the golden era?
2: That's a wonderful question. Uh, Some people are calling it the second wave. But I think if you look back at the golden age of aviation, which was in the 40s and 50s, what you saw were substantial government investments in flying higher, further, faster, more efficiently and uh, aviation records were broken and capabilities were being developed but more importantly they were being spun off rapidly to commercial and the commercial aviation industry that we know it today is based off those investments and the you know the formation of the commercial aviation industry really occurred in the 50s and 60s as a direct result of those investments that's the difference is the things that we are doing are not just pushing the boundaries of space, but they're also being rapidly absorbed by our commercial industry, which is going to have an impact on all Australians and the whole world and every possible industry the way the aviation industry has.
0: When it comes to, I suppose, you know, human inquiry and, and developing human understanding in space, uh, you know, what are we still learning and hoping to learn um, when we go to space?
2: We have so many astounding things that we've learned. Just look at the James Webb Space Telescope, looking back in time to the formation of the universe We know that we're just barely scratching the surface of understanding the formation of the universe and the foundational physics of our universe, which still mystify us. But when you add in the fact that in microgravity, we can also study the human body in a way that you cannot do here on Earth, we can look at things like combustion and fluid mechanics. And those give us foundational insights that impact technologies of the future But the one thing that excites me is the potential search for life, especially on Mars. We know that Mars was once a warm planet with an atmosphere and flowing water, and possibly with life. Why is it now dry, cold, and barren? What can we learn that we can apply here on Earth? Fascinating. And
0: and Australia's role in this is is obviously growing. A few years ago, we launched a a space agency. I believe you're in the country as as part of that launch. And you're here now um, to to launch, uh, among other things, a program where First Nations scientists will have the opportunity to work at NASA. Uh, Why is Australia's participation in this important?
2: Well, Australia is a wonderful partner for us. We can see that uh, in so many ways. The strength of the relationship between the United States and Australia uh, is only growing and deepening. And we think that the civil space partnership is a critical part of that. Uh, It benefits both countries by uh, raising the capabilities that we can do together in partnership. I was excited uh, about the formation of the space agency because for NASA, until there was a space agency, there was no front door for partnerships with other countries. And so the formation of the space agency was a critical moment for Australia. And uh, and they're off to the races. They're doing an amazing job. I think uh, the goal was to create 20,000 new jobs by 2030. They're already at 17,000, so they're clearly gonna blow past that. Uh, We are uh, here because there's a range of areas that we think we can cooperate successfully on. So we're excited about the announcement of the Lunar Rover program uh, through the Trailblazer program, which will uh, contribute and support to human science exploration on the surface of the moon using the unique remote asset management and robotics technology in Australia. Uh, We loved the uh, announcement about the Indigenous Space Academy, where five uh, brilliant Indigenous students will go to NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab. That's really important for a couple of different reasons. Not only will they contribute to the science that we do together by working at JPL, they will also be able to bring those skill sets back to them to Australia, raise the technical capabilities of Australia. And then they'll be an inspiration to other Indigenous students, and in fact, all Australian students, to participate in STEM. Those things are all really important to all of our countries.
0: There's cooperation in space. I suppose there's also competition in space. And when you go back a few decades, the space race between the United States and the Soviet Union consumed a lot of attention. Um, These days, China is rapidly increasing its activity in space. Is it reasonable to view space in strategic terms and and how should we think about that at the moment?
2: Yeah, it's very important, actually. Uh, Space is increasingly crowded uh, and competitive. There's no question about that. This is a high-growth economic sector and I, I think that we're looking at economic competitiveness in a very important way. Uh, it is a very different situation than Apollo for a lot of different reasons. Uh, first of all, uh, this is an international partnership. And in fact, in a week's time or so, we're going to be announcing the first Artemis crew uh, who will go around the moon on a test flight of the Orion spacecraft. First crewed space flight, first crewed test of uh, human beings going out back to the moon, and uh, we'll have three Americans and a Canadian, and that is the face of the future. As we go out for a sustained presence of humans, not just on the moon, onto Mars, but actually throughout the solar system, we really have to look to our friends and our like-minded partners who share our values around scientific cooperation, around transparency, and frankly, around democracy. And we look to those partners to ensure that as we go out, we're bringing the best of humanity into space.
0: Uh, Two more topics that I want to come to quickly, if, if I may. One is climate change. I suspect that there will be some people in the audience who would ask a question along the lines of, well, why should we be spending so much time focused on space when we have in climate change an existential threat here on Earth?
2: Well, we do see climate as an existential threat. But what a lot of people don't realize is that 80% of the data to help us understand what's happening to the Earth comes from space. And there's an important reason for that. We simply cannot instrument the Earth terrestrially enough to understand the space the earth as a full system we have to look from space it's where we get that broader perspective and nasa with its partners contributes enormously most people know us as a space agency we're also an aeronautics agency and in fact we're investing in decarbonizing aviation one of the hardest industries to decarbonize but we're also a climate agency so the cooperation that we have, we signed a statement of intent with the Australian Space Agency around a special calibration satellite that Australia intends to develop that will help ensure all climate data that comes from space is more precise through this calibration function. That is a fantastic idea and an investment in the future. And it's going to help us understand much better. So I think uh, it's not an either or situation. In fact, space is a critical part of addressing climate change.
0: And finally, uh, we've gotten through a lot of serious policy issues, um, but I have to ask you to finish. Uh, You you spent a lot of time in space, and I'm sure you've been asked this question a million times. But what does it feel like to be in space? And, and how has being in space changed the way that you feel about the world that we live in?
2: Absolutely. It's a remarkable experience. It's a little bit like waking up and finding yourself um, magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can fly. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can lift huge objects with just a finger. You can float and it's it's very surreal. I think uh, it is almost like being in a new magic country. But I think most importantly of all, all astronauts feel this. Everyone who's been to space has experienced what we call the overview effect. You look out the window at our gorgeous Earth. Our eyes see in ways that you can't capture in a photograph, the brilliant colors, but also the dynamics of the Earth. And what you really see more than anything is that all parts of Earth are a single system. So you don't see racial divisions, religious divisions, or political divisions. What you see is a single spaceship Earth, and we are all crew members as citizens of Earth. And that perspective, I think, carries forward. You cannot be unchanged by that. You become an environmentalist if you were not one before. And uh, I think all astronauts feel very strongly that cooperation to protect mm. and steward the Earth is critically important with all countries of Earth.
0: Is it is it really difficult then when, so to speak, you, you come back down to Earth and, and see maybe so many people don't have that perspective? Is, is it difficult on a personal level having kind of gained that, that overview perspective? To
2: Well, I'll tell you, I'm the Deputy Administrator of NASA. Our Administrator, Bill Nelson... I was an elected official for over four decades in the United States. And he often talks about how it has impacted his uh, public service. And I think you can see that in his record that he uh, has promoted those kinds of decisions. So we often joke that if we could send every politician on Earth to space, we (laughs) might see a very different outcome. But I have to add the exciting uh, surge I I mentioned earlier about the uh, commercial Uh, space community and how fast that's growing maybe that's a real opportunity for all human beings in the not too distant future and for anybody who's been an explorer the idea of having other people see the wonders that you've seen I'm excited about that and I hope everyone listening has the opportunity to see the earth from space.
0: Pam Melroy thank you so much for your time.
2: Thank you.
3: Thank you for joining us on The Daily Oz this morning. If you learned something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every morning. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, have a great day.